welcome to the Divine Realignment Podcast. My name is Julia Wesley. I am a medium and a channel for my guides, and we like to focus on people's life purpose, what we need to do to get on that path and how to live it. And today I have my friend Haley Brenton from Extraordinary Living with me. She is an intuitive counselor, a Reiki master, and a meditation teacher, and she's impressive. I've seen her read, and it's pretty, like you've read me, and I was kind of like, I wow you know it was sort of like you had like this great big like broom come through me and I was like I'm clear <laughs> I, I see the light now and um I invited her on today because the work she does is very much in line with the sort of work I do in terms of trying to get people on the path on their highest path and that involves sort of shedding these lower, quote unquote, lower aspects of ourselves so that we can get on a healthier, more well-adjusted path. And so we were talking about the importance of self-compassion and sort of dropping these other stories about yourself. And you were talking about, um, I have dealt with depression and anxiety. And did you want to talk about how you moved forward from your depression and anxiety at all? Like what tools you used and yeah, absolutely. Look, and, and I guess my main reason as well, my interest in this is I'd like to save people the 20 years that it took me to get <laughs> through, through my depression and anxiety. I, Yeah, so um, look, I struggled for so many years um, and I was only sort of ever like a casual sort of meditator. But, you know, I knew that that was something that was very important to me. And and then in more sort of recent years, like over the past sort of six years, um, you know how um, Susanna Conway does the word of the year? She started the whole word of the year craze and then everyone comes up with their word for the year, for their intention for the year. Oh, and okay. <laughs> okay. Now I know and, and self-compassion once came to me and I was like, self-compassion? Like, what is this? What's this about? You know, and I was like, all right. So I then spent the year, like, researching and looking up and getting educated on self-compassion. And I was like, like, this is, you know, the missing key and then you know the more I guess I got into my spiritual work as well yeah I really just sort of felt like um what was missing for me on even on my manifestation path was the uh there's still a lot of work missing in terms of helping people to even become aware of what their emotions are um and uh learning self-compassion to be able to even sort of get through those real survival times. Then, then the path becomes easier. Like it becomes easier then to get on your path and figure out what's right for you uh, and all of that. But yeah, when you're stuck in that place, it's incredibly hard. I completely agree. Um, you, let's go back to meditation because you said that you were someone who meditated sort of like on and off. When I was dealing with my um depression and anxiety it was in high school my mom actually she's like you know you should start meditating and I was like no <laughs> like, I absolutely would not meditate because I think on some like base level I knew that it would help bring up all of the things that I had been stuffing down and just didn't want to deal with and so I like vehemently I was like I am not meditating and my mom was like that's weird that you're so angry about it but if you insist and it eventually like years maybe like five years after that before I actually moved and then I was like you know what I don't think I can be any more depressed and anxious than I am right now but if I think that I am it could really hurt me and so I started meditating and it wasn't I mean it was ugly at first really the mm. meditation like because it I was right it did bring up all this crappy stuff and it it didn't force me because it was I was doing it to myself but it presented me with this opportunity to create a safe space to find love for these things that I didn't want to express or feel, you know, like it allowed me to fully break down. And mm. one of the things that I see people when they struggle with meditation is they're just like, Oh, well it makes my anxiety worse. And I'm like, I, in a way I get that, but in a way I'm also like, maybe you're just finally looking at your anxiety. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And I even found like, because it took me years before I could meditate without a guided meditation track. Mm. Like I, um, 
for years I needed guided meditations to um, so that I had something to listen to and focus on and take me through a process and it might have not even you know it might have not necessarily been a mindfulness one of getting in contact with my emotions or anything like that or even noticing what was happening around me but even just the guided meditation of like oh you're down sitting at the beach in a nice relaxing environment or whatever you know i needed something to be able to focus on that i could sort of start to connect in with you know a bit of peace in my life but without needing to face what was going on in my life? I sort of, I even needed that before I could start. Right. To then, um, and then it was, I was able then to start looking at self-compassion practices and stuff like that. But it took a long time. And I mean, a lot of reading and education and stuff as well. Like, I mean, Brené Brown stuff around shame is, you know, that's just phenomenal. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, I love um, the idea of, of using the guided meditations to sort of get you to the point where you could start digging up all those uncomfortable emotions. Yeah. I, that. I just shoved myself head first into the deep end. Just but I like that idea. Because <laughs> 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 I didn't know any better. I'm like, I guess I'll just sit down and close my eyes. <laughs> and that, um, I guess, I guess it did make it worse in a way, but it also um, allowed it all to come up. But I guess if you're someone who's, who just is like, you know what, I can't, then I would like letting yourself take a, a mental trip to the beach is probably a really good way to start. Is yeah. that what you teach people first when you teach people meditation? So when I teach people meditation, yeah, I do a lot of, um, a lot of guided stuff. So um so I'm definitely take you know I'm, I'm definitely giving them a visual that they can sort of focus on or something that you know they can feel and whatever. I do though do a lot of my meditations that I'm doing with my class at the moment are around um, uh, because I think it's important for people we're so just disconnected <laughs> these days and especially I found when I had anxiety um, I was in such a just hypervigilant state all the time that it was like I didn't even really know what was going on or what it was that I was feeling and why I was feeling that way so how I teach things now is I get people to really just focus in on their body and um, you know I do a lot of sort of um, muscle relaxation stuff to sort of focus on different areas of the body to then relax um, and so that way, though, they've got a focus of where they're focusing on and what they're relaxing. And then, you know, I might do like a, a heart centered meditation where they're like focusing on their heart space, but I'm giving them something to visualize so that their mind is focused on something, um, especially because I mean, the, the um, students that I have at the moment aren't sort of regular meditators. So it's, it's, I, I sort of, and I'm not um, necessarily like mindfulness, you know, meditation trained either. So I, yeah, definitely do do the guided meditations more so for people at the moment. But I do do a lot of stuff in terms of like, you know, feel in your body and like where do they potentially feel pain and then does that pain have an emotion and um, yeah. does it have a colour and a texture, all of that sort of thing. Like I did my... Um, focusing I've done my level three focusing training I'm not sure if you've heard of focusing by Eugene Gendlin but it's sort of like a somatic practice but it's okay. very much like um, um, just getting people really really in touch with just listening to and becoming aware of um, what emotions they have um, and how they're feeling it in their body um, and then just sort of it's kind of like just giving it the awareness that it needs and then it tends to just shift and move on its own. But it's just, you know, learning to give it that awareness. Yeah. Oh, I love that. You're right. They do. I always forget. They do have the ability to those uh, things that you're holding on to. They do have the ability to move along if you just give them the attention that they're looking for. They don't even necessarily require action. Sometimes exactly. they just require your attention. And yeah. now they see they're like, like a crying baby, like, oh, you're looking at me now. Like, let me tell you what's wrong. And then that's really all I needed. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, it's not, um, yeah, like not every, and this is, I guess, what I'm sort of just still just learning, you know, myself as well is like, like every emotion that does come up that, you know, that needs attention, it doesn't necessarily need 
you know, psychoanalyzing. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, it doesn't need to go, oh, what memory is this attached to? And, oh, what happened then? And all of that, you know, um, sort of <laughs> merging with it. Um, yeah. it. Sometimes it just needs that awareness and that attention. And sometimes it'll need the deeper work of like if it's a repeating pattern that comes up. Like I definitely know at the moment I've got some repeating patterns for me that are coming up. Um, you know, while um, I'm sort of doing, um, you know, the um, Lightworker Lab courses and stuff, like I've got patterns, real strong patterns that are coming up. And so so for those, I then know that I've got to go, okay, really, where is that coming from? What is that attached to? All right, that's potentially going to need some more inner child work and, you yeah. know, stuff like that. But but not all the time. It doesn't always, like with anxiety, you know, now I'm able to just, not all the time, though, mind you, not all the time, but I'm much easier now able to just sort of go, um, okay, so I'm anxious about this. Like, is it realistic to be anxious about this? Like I was anxious about doing this podcast today, you know, and I'm laying in bed this morning and I had to just sort of go, yeah, like that's okay. It's normal. It's, I don't know what's going to happen. It, you know, it's, whereas with anxiety before, when I was deeply in my anxiety, it, it's like it becomes, you become anxious over the anxiety itself. And then it just becomes a struggle and a fight against it and mm -hmm. a battle as opposed to just sort of going, okay, well, is this actually, do I need to be fighting this? Is this a, you know, where is it a realistic response to what's happening? Um, and, and where is it not? I love that. And earlier we were talking about, um, well, I was telling my story about when I was sort of like purging my depression and my anxiety and like the trauma that comes with it is I was just writing out my story, like journal after journal, like page and page and just like bleeding all over the page. And it was to the point where I'm just like, I can't tell this story any anymore and make it any different than what it actually is. And it was, I didn't, I think that was the breakthrough moment for me was that I didn't have to do anything with it. Like it just, I, it could just be a story, you know, and then I could just sort of move on from it or at least I didn't have to keep telling it to myself. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And that is sort of that in tandem with the meditation that I was doing, because as a part of my self care, I do it every, like a drill sergeant. I do it every day. I can, I can't skip even one day or I, I backslide. And, um, the journaling on top of the meditation is it just sort of allowed me to drop the story. You know what I mean? And then allow me to be like, well, if not this, then what else? And I don't mean to make it sound like, Oh, I meditated for two weeks and all of a sudden I'm a changed person. It took like a year for it yeah. to finally break through for me, for me to Absolutely. finally be like, I can stop telling this story and I can try and move on to something else, you know? Mm. That's it. And I think I, I think it's important for people to understand that um, the struggle for a lot of people, it's not like a quick fix. It's the yeah. struggle is the struggle is real and it may be a long process, but it's but you know, sometimes the the, the process needs to happen to eventually then get to that point where, yeah, in your journaling, your journaling then suddenly changes and you get to a point where you start to you know, other insights and stuff like that come in mm. and it might just happen once and then it starts to happen a little bit more and just like with the meditation, like yeah. it just, it all just sort of builds on and it's, you know, it's all just a gradual process um, and it's just about, like it really is, I think it's, it's, it's one, it's sort of becoming aware of the fact that, all right, this is not working for me any longer Um having that awareness of that and then taking that responsibility of, you know, I can't spiritually bypass this, <laughs> this right. you know, I, or, or whatever, or just sort of going, I need to take responsibility for what's happening and how am I going to make this better? And it's just those little, those little steps um, sort of every day. Yeah. It, I, oh, I can't, I can't love that hard enough. The little steps every day especially for someone like me who I, I uh, am somewhat type A and I like to take big steps and do everything all at once. But it really was a, a lesson for me to sort of like slow down and what are you doing? And is what you're doing what you want to be doing and things like that. And I think that that's a good segue into like why we're even talking about this in the first place, which is like what you do living your extraordinary life, like that kind of a thing, extraordinary living. And then mine, which is like divine realignment to 
I, I see these as like very closely overlap because when I try and like what I do with divine realignment is I try and align people to the highest version of who they are, which to me requires dropping all of these ideas of who we're not. And yeah. uh, with what you do in extraordinary living, it's like, well, how can we do that? How can we actually do like the blood and guts work? of dropping these false identities of who we are and um we were talking earlier about how you can't again you can't spiritually bypass that you can't love and light that away like it, you actually have to put the work into yourself you have to like commit to yourself and um i think that that's the right way to, i mean that's the only way that worked for me you know like mm. i can I yeah, absolutely. And I, I do just sort of think, you know, we're all we're, we're all definitely on our own journeys and it's different for everyone as well. And that's it. Like we can only, um, I guess, sort of teach what we know for for ourselves, <laughs> what's worked for <laughs> ourselves. You know, like, and I guess I, for me, and this is why, you know, I'm, you know, like other people might not be passionate about it because that's not their experience. Whereas, you know, I'm passionate about it because I know for me that, um yeah, I did the whole, okay, I'm going to just try to tough love myself through it. I'm, um, you know, the whole kind of like suck it up princess mentality that, yeah. you know, came in 10 years ago, like uh -huh. the whole, you know, and, and I then tried that and then I, I tried that until it no longer worked. Yeah. <laughs> then, yeah. And I kept continually finding myself, you know, trying these different ways of doing things and just, um yeah, wanting, trying so hard to like coach myself into just um, being the way that I wanted to be. And yeah, for me, though, the only way was actually really coming back to realising that I needed to have self-compassion for myself and I needed to um, not have shame attached to my struggle and um, yeah. yeah, and and all of that, you know, we're all human. We're all just doing the best we can. <laughs> I, right? That's so hard to... I'm so judgy of myself, you know? And then sometimes it's like, sometimes the best I've got is sucky, <laughs> you know? And sometimes the best I've got is great. But as um, my dad, one of the pearls of wisdom he's dropped on his children is that as long as you're doing your best that's going to have to be good enough. And I'm like, that's a really fair point. But it took a while for me to be like, my best doesn't have to be perfect. You know, that was hard for me. Yeah. And um, just that little bit of, again, self-compassion for yourself to let today suck. You know, today, the best you can do is to maybe throw a little bit of a temper tantrum, yell at yourself a little bit, but tomorrow could be better because you got that out of your system you know absolutely yeah yeah because the more I for me personally I have found that the more that I just tried to deny things and bury things and pretend that it wasn't happening or try to fight my way out of it you know it just comes back and hits even harder mm -hmm. and so it's needing to allow yourself to just sort of go all right I'm having a really really tough time right now you know but what's the best that I can do for myself what's one little thing that I can manage today that might make me just feel that tiny bit better like you said we can't love and light our way out of it when yeah traumatic stuff happens you know it's you've got to deal with that face to face mm. yeah and I completely agree and it, and I mean I'm talking about this because this was my experience and this is what worked for me I'm, I'm obviously not a licensed psychologist or anything like that but when I what I dealt with was uh, panic attacks and it was to the point where it was like I would have a panic attack at the thought of having a panic attack because the panic attack sucks so much and what one of the things that I researched and I learned was like this idea of radical acceptance just allow yourself to experience a panic attack. And it was like, I had tried everything else at that point. And I'm like, okay, fine. I'm going to just allow the panic attack to roll through me. And what was funny is as I did that, just even one time, the panic attack sort of lost its grip on me because I was the panic attack. Like you think you're going to, you think you're dying. You think the sky mm -hmm. is falling and you're having a stroke and your house is on fire all at the same time. And as I survived my first panic attack, I was like, oh, and then I survived the second one. And then I just, as I've like consecutively survived every panic attack I've ever had. And that sort of took the wind out of its sails. Mm. Um, you know what I mean? And it, 
it sort of allowed me to, and again, that was me being kind to it. I just allowed the emotions to come and I didn't stuff them down and panic about my panic and compound the problem. And whenever anyone comes to me and they're like, I had a panic attack and I'm like, okay, now this might seem crazy, (laughs) but just try letting yourself have a panic attack. And they're like, Ooh, I don't want to do that. And I'm like, yeah, I didn't want to do it either. But every panic attack I survived, like it was a less, the next panic attack that came, I was like, Oh, I, this is going to be fine. You know? Mm. Yeah, so, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's letting, letting go of that sort of, you know, the resistance around it because it is, it's the, it's the trying to, trying to fight it. Yes. <laughs> just make it worse. Yeah. yeah. It's a little <laughs> self-acceptance thing where you just sort of allow yourself to be having the experience that you're having right now, you yeah. know? no matter what that is. And being in that now moment is so important in order for you to start being able to make choices. Because if you're not living in the now moment, then you're, then you're living habitually and you're just going to continue to do what you had been doing before. So uh, for me, when I was allowing myself to be present with my panic attack, no matter how much it sucked, it, it gave me the ability to deal with it in a, in a multidimensional kind of a way where I had options like okay I can either curl up in a little ball about this or I can wrap myself in a blanket and let myself cry <laughs> you know like I can take care of myself a little bit while I yes. have it. and um it just, I just think that's the power of allowing yourself that sort of self-compassion and that that sort of radical acceptance because once you allow yourself to just be where you are in, uh, then the world kind of starts opening up to you you know you you recognize your own choices and what you can do um, no yeah. matter how small. Yes, that's where I think it's sort of like you know it 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 sort of opens up that little crack where like you know the light can start to come in and the love starts to come in you know and then it's just it gets yeah and then more love can come in and then more you know yeah. <laughs> and then eventually you know you do you get to a point where you know when because you know everyone knows like that you know gratitude is huge with manifesting. But it's until you, it, but it can be a long process to get to that point of gratitude yeah. where you can actually then sort of go, okay, wow, I've, you know, I've opened myself up enough. I've opened my heart enough. I, um, you know, that suddenly then you can feel gratitude. But when I was really depressed and I was really suicidal during this phase and I spoke to a friend and she just said to me, well, just try being grateful for everything you do have in your life. And it was just like, I don't know, the biggest slap in the face because it was just it was just sort of like that response was just totally not even, like it just didn't even hit the mark of what someone who wants to end their life needs to hear. <laughs> yeah. And, um, you know, and I, I think this is where sort of... Um, like I'm all for gratitude, but there are also a lot of other steps before gratitude as well for those that are in struggle. And let's talk um, about that because I am uh, admittedly someone who struggles with gratitude and like the usefulness of it in manifestation and just trying to wrap my head around manifestation because I still do kind of come from that mindset that like you've got to struggle a little bit, but how in your practice have you used gratitude to sort of get you into a better place yeah so I I sort of find it's a bit like um it's a bit like affirmations right (laughs) like I sort of find it it's sort of like what comes first you know like if, if you just sit there and you say an affirmation to yourself but you're in a foul mood it's going to do nothing like it's going to do you know like it's it just doesn't hit the mark uh-huh. and um so it's sort of like you need the energy of the affirmation so it's sort of almost like you need to get yourself to the point of believing it before saying the affirmation if that makes sense yes. like you need to get yourself in that energy so even with gratitude like i sort of found you know i tried for years just like listing off all the things i was grateful for but i still couldn't actually get into the feeling of gratitude. I didn't really, I was like, okay, I'm just listing off all these things, but it's not, I'm not feeling any better. I'm not, you know, there was still that disconnect with the feeling. And until I, you know, until I sort of got to the point, I went and did all of that other work first to be able to get myself to a point of 
starting to, you know, feel self-compassion and love myself, you know, and, and all of those things. And that was a long, long journey first yeah. before it's, it's sort of almost like then you can kind of go, then you can allow yourself to relax into the feeling of, and even just starting with one thing of like, all right. Um, and I, I sort of connect this a bit with self-compassion work. Like there's an exercise um, called, you know, a compassionate friend where like you picture someone, you know, or you imagine someone who, you know, is a really good friend to you, who is really compassionate to you and all of that. And so you, you allow yourself to feel the compassion that they would give you, like what, you know, and allow yourself to just feel like what would that person say to you and what love would they give to you? And then, you know, you start to sort of realise that, okay, well, that compassion is also in yourself as well to be able to give to yourself. And so then you can imagine, you know, that you can give that to yourself. And then, you know, once you can then start to get into those feelings, then it is easier to sort of go, wow, okay, well, I'm really grateful that I've got that beautiful friend who can show me that compassion. Um, and I'm really grateful then that that has taught me that I can teach compassion for myself. And then you can start to go into, um, you know, all the other things that you're grateful for in your life and you can start to build the feeling. But it's it's sort of almost like if you try to jump straight to gratitude by just writing a gratitude list or um, trying to make yourself feel better by saying, you know, blanket affirmations when you're not sort of building up your feeling to get your feeling energy to match. <laughs> yeah that then it doesn't work yeah oh I would would completely agree because I can sit down and I can write an entire list of things that like I know I'm supposed to be grateful for but it's like well I'm really grateful for my dog I can feel that but if you want me to get any like I'm really grateful for my couch it's like I do have a deep love for my couch but I don't know how to like how much deeper do you want me to get you know what I mean (laughs) like it's a real comfy couch I can sleep on it all day but so to get to that point, that compassionate friend exercise sounds like a really good one, but was there anything else that you used or that you recommend to other people? Um, oh, look, I do just think that it is, like for me anyway, it was really just the learning self-compassion and the becoming really aware of my emotions and working, doing the work on sort of slowly building up. Because I feel like if we are just blanket sort of telling people, you know, oh, to manifest what you want, you need to. And, and I mean, people say as well with manifestation, gratitude is the one, you know, the way in. But it's like, really, um, we just want to be in a high vibe. We need to be, to manifest, we need to be in a, in a good high vibe. But that can be one, one way to get there is gratitude. But another way to get there might be just silliness, to be silly. And to feel joy, <laughs> to bring happiness in, you know. Yeah. Um, so, so there are different ways, I guess. It's really just a matter of sort of working out what works for you, what gives you that little bit of joy to help build on that every day. Um, and I guess people say gratitude because, grat- you know, obviously it's like if you are grateful for what you've got, like if you're not in that position of always wanting more, um, and feeling like I never have enough, I think that's where the gratitude comes in because it's like when you can be completely happy and grateful for what you do have, regardless of the fact, you know, you're still going to have, that doesn't mean that you can't still want things. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, yeah. So you can still be absolutely grateful for what you want but still want something better. Mm. Um, And I think it's just about, you know, if you can get yourself then to a point of of sort of being fully happy and joyous and in love with your life and grateful for what you've got, more magic sort of starts to happen. And it's it's not even like, oh, I'm going to focus on this and then I'm going to win the lotto. It's more (laughs) like I'm going, you know, more inspiration comes, like more more opportunity comes, uh, all those things just sort of start to flow without needing to force or make anything happen. Yeah. Uh, but it does sort of, you know, it, but, but it still takes action, you know. It, it's like yeah. you can't sit on the couch watching Netflix expecting Oprah to call, you know. Uh-huh. It's like that saying, you yeah. know, you need, 
like it's still um, we still need to participate in our lives. <laughs> exactly. And I think for me, that's where the disconnect from how manifestation has been taught to me, where I'm like, again, like, again, like I need to participate in my life, right? Like I can't just wish upon a star and everything will fall into my lap. Absolutely. Um, but I like how you said that manifestation requires a high vibration. And I know that we talk about gratitude a lot because gratitude is a very high vibration. Like it's a, it's a really um, high emotional state to be in. But if, yes. for me, I think gratitude comes with a lot of obligation. Like I know what I'm supposed to be grateful for. And so that's what pops up to me first rather than like, what am I actually grateful for? You know, like maybe yeah. I'm grateful for like the popsicles in my fridge, but I think like I should be more grateful for my car. You know, and so I'm like, okay, well, I know what I should be grateful for. But to me, what really connects is this idea of just joy, like silliness and having fun, because like, that's really when I feel, I guess more, I guess that's when I feel the most grateful for everything. Yeah, absolutely. And it's not like the whole thing of like needing to write a gratitude list or anything like that. Like it it definitely does not work for everyone. Um, I just find that it's, more just about like if I through the day do those little things that just make me feel lighter and happier and continue to sort of lighten my energy like I might just put on a song and crazy dance for three minutes you know and then you know to try to get myself out of a funk and then it's sort of like okay that feels a little bit better you know and I just it's just those sort of little things and as well just to the acceptance and allowing of whatever emotions it is that come up during the day and not fighting them and having self-compassion for ourselves through that And then I find at the end of the day, you know, when I'm like, you know, putting my son to sleep at night, I can lay there and just sort of go, you know, like then I sort of can lay there and just sort of go, you know, oh, I love you so much. I'm so grateful for you. Like, you know, and really feel it. (laughs) And, you know, but I'm not sitting there listing off. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for that. Like I'm just in the moment really appreciating what it is that is giving me joy or love. Um, Hey, I love that. And I think it, I just sort of, just sort of hit me. Sometimes you have such a hard time when you're in that really deep, dark place of depression and anxiety and everything is awful. And you can't really find gratitude for anything because you don't really have gratitude for yourself because you're like, my experience is awful my experience sucks. Like there's literally nothing about this is anything to be grateful for. Yeah. So, for so for someone to say, oh, we'll just try being grateful. And it's like, how can I, like everything's awful. <laughs> how yeah. can I feel grateful for anything when the way that I view everything is terrible? That's you know? right. Yeah, there's a huge disconnect between, the you know, the message that's trying to get across and the person receiving it. It's, yeah. It's, yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's not to say that, of course, you don't love your children, but it's like what you tend to focus on is not the happy joy of it all. It's mainly just how you're not coping, you know, like how hard everything is. That's yes. a good, I guess that just sort of came to me. Like if you're someone who has a friend who is dealing with these really awful things, like don't try and woo them into being happier, you know, like give them actual support. That's right. It's, you know, it is just about like it's you know, holding space for people and allowing them to sort of process their emotions and not, um, you know, like um, I think I even shared a Facebook post yesterday like about that Brene Brown said something about, you know, um, the last thing that people need in a struggle is um, to feel shame for being human. Mm-hmm. And and I, I think, you know, I know that like, we all have, we all have, I'm, I'm sure we've all done it at some point, like when we all have good intentions. So, but um, we definitely, I think, need to become more aware of just, um, yeah, like holding space for people, allowing them and giving them love through their struggle and not, not just trying to quickly, Brush you know, yeah, yeah pressure them to be happier or whatever because it's yeah um, it's a cop mm. out you know like it's a, oh just be happy oh thanks that never occurred to me <laughs> you know like oh I, oh darn I should have tried that a long time ago you know like that is that has already occurred to me trust me um 
it's funny though. I was just telling my parents the other day, I'm like, I don't even identify with the person I was even like three years ago. Like that person who was so depressed and anxious, like I, I don't feel like her at all. It's like night and day. And personally, I attribute that to meditation just because that's what worked for me. And that's why I do it every day. But it's, it's, fun. it's, I guess it's just good to know that you, it, it can be something that can be changed and you can, obviously I'm still working on gratitude, but I mean, it's something that it can be lifted and it can be worked with and it yes. is possible to live your extraordinary life if you just sort of dig down and take care of yourself. Yeah, absolutely. That's it. That's it. I, I, yeah. And that's where, you know, like everyone's sort of, I guess, coming from their own experience. And so it's completely different for everyone and what works for everyone may be different. And I guess that's just where, you know, what I know worked for me. Yeah. yeah, was really just sort of learning that self-compassion, but as well, all of the just emotional awareness stuff and the, like you were saying, radical, you know, acceptance. Yeah. <laughs> um, sort of, I needed all of that first before I could, um, and then, you know, like, and the more then that sort of stuff came in, like the more I meditated as well, the more that came in and the more I paid attention to my emotions, the more I could meditate. It's sort of just like that cycle of, yeah. I love how you... Thing, like emotional awareness because that was one of the things for me that I really didn't have any of my emotional uh, awareness veered from anxiety to depression <laughs> and that was about my two extremes and it took me a while to like recognize when I was happy because depression and anxiety were like such a flashbang for me that it sort of drowned out any other emotion that I had and if it wasn't those two like like SOS emotions, then I wasn't paying them any attention. And yes. so I think, yeah, but when I just, I just want to put more emphasis on emotional awareness because that's a big point. Mm, yeah. And that's it. And like starting to sort of connect in because I was always really disconnected from my body. I was always yeah. just up in my head. <laughs> and it was when I sort of learned, you know, like sort of started meditation, but then did my focusing training as well that I was really sort of like, okay, where do I feel this in my body? Like what, and then giving it a texture and a color and really allowing it to sort of be there in my body. And then it, it, it and this was, you know, when I really realized that like emotion is energy in motion because then you can, you can feel it move, like it moves and it changes. And then you might get insight on what memory it's attached to and that sort of thing, but it, you allow it then to just, you know, it can just gently move on <laughs> as well. If you let it, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And we were talking before about how normally that's just what those emotions, that energy wants from you is for you to let it go. <laughs> yeah. Because it keeps yeah. crying out because it's like, I don't want to be here anymore. You know, like, yeah. you can let me go. So I, I think that's a beautiful point to make. Um, yeah, all of this for some reason is making me like a little teary, you know, like it's kind of validating to hear it, you know, <laughs> if that makes mm. any sense. Um, yeah. How and then I think, you know, for me, because, you know, I do love manifestation stuff. <laughs> so, you know, yeah. for me then later on, I get into, you know, I, I love then talking more about, you know, or like about the gratitude stuff, but then the getting clear on what it is that you want and then really envisioning what that. it is that you want for your life and all of that yeah. and creating you know, creating what alignment you sort of want in your life and because um, it is all that action stuff as well, you know, like of um, getting clear on what it is that you want and it's not always going to turn out like planned, you know, as planned, but just then being able to sort of act on that and stay in that energy. So it does, but yeah. But so let's, let's talk about that. How do you teach people to sort of create that life that they want of alignment? What is what are the tips and the and the tools that you normally give people for that? So I sort of very much do like to, and it sort of came to me um, recently as sort of a bit of a vision like the because I love I love the infinity symbol, right? <laughs> I, sort of, I don't know why I've sort of always been quite obsessed with it, but it sort of just came to me like in this sort of download that I had um, a few weeks ago that how I sort of see my business is like the infinity symbol of like, you know, you sort of flow through the um, 
the feminine of the getting in touch and the feeling and the you know um figuring out what it is that you that you want to create and then you loop around into the masculine of all right well what action am I going to take what goals am I going to set for myself um what you know and but following the inspiration that sort of comes with it because I think once you're on that spiritual path of meditating and um you know the path of being in tune with your emotions and um really sort of doing that self-awareness work the inspiration does flow a lot easier and then it, you know, and so then you just sort of follow that path of inspiration. All right. So what if I, or I really want to do that. So um, what inspired action can I take on that? And then a lot of the times it'll just show up. You won't even need to make it happen, but, but you can, you can take steps towards it. You know, like it's sort of like you've got to get in. Um, it's interesting though, that, I'm really, I'm constantly surprised by how little effort sometimes I need to put in before things then start to flow themselves. Um, so, you know, if it, if it starts, if it's, if it's always sort of like, you know, really hard work, I sort of would, would kind of suggest that oh, maybe you need to go back and take a step back, you know, <laughs> and get, it's kind of like you need to sort of get in that flow a little bit first for things to flow. It's it's sort of like like if you're trying to just force the action without yeah. having the sort of inspiration and that flow and energy behind it, mm -hmm. um, it will just be, you know, it, it'll be a hard slog. Um, so, yeah, and then I sort of feel like then from, you know, the masculine, then there's always going to be that time again where you have had a period of growth and action where you then need to sort of, go oh I need a bit of rest now and I need to recuperate and oh what did I learn from that and um you know so you're sort of like flowing through the flowing through the the, the rest and because I, I very much think that you know our culture is all about um hustle and um you gotta work hard and you've gotta you know and you're always so there's this sort of pressure that we've always got to be on and that is not realistic for life and so I've really now just sort of realised that, yeah, there's that time for being on, but there's that natural flow then of going, all right, I need some time to recuperate and what do I want to do next and getting clear about what you want to do next and tuning into that creativity and then, you know, the next phase of inspired action starts again. <laughs> yeah, God, I love that. I really like that a lot because I'm someone who, uh, for the longest time, hook, line and sinker swallowed the idea that we have to be entirely action-based, you know? like the go, go, go kind of a thing, that mentality. And I really, um, it just sort of recently occurred to me that maybe I should wait for inspiration before I actually take any kind of action because I was in this mode of just spinning my wheels all the time and like action for the sake of action, like basically just giving myself busy work because I felt guilty for slowing down and yeah, you know what I mean? And I love, do you have like a workbook or something on that or like a flow chart that I can follow? Because that would be so helpful. I love how you divided it between the feminine and the masculine, which is so natural and so right. But it makes a lot of sense when you put it that way, where it's like you're in the feminine, you're sort of waiting for the inspiration, you're getting into the flow. And then once you feel like you have are in the flow, then you flow into the masculine and you actually take that action, which sometimes mm. does not even require action. As you said, that to me makes so much sense. And it's actually something I'm going to like apply more deeply to my life because it's yeah. something that only just recently appeared to me. And oh, I love it. Mm. Some people as well follow like, um, I sort of occasionally look into it, but not, um, I'm, I'm sure it would probably be more useful if I actually looked into it and <laughs> used it more regularly. But, you know, people like follow the moon cycles as well for yeah. like, you know, not only, you know, new moon wishing or whatever, but also like for there's a time to sort of focus on your creativity and setting your intentions, what it is that you want. But then there is that phase um, of um, taking the action and that's when you put yourself out there and you take the action and you do sort of like the hard work of putting things out there and then, you know, but then there's that natural cycle again of coming back into the introspection uh, as well. So yeah, it's... But, that's, it's taken me a long time to realise that because, yeah, our culture is just so um, focused on... I mean, it's changing now, which is good, but when I first sort of, I guess, started getting into this sort of stuff, you know, like um, almost sort of 10 years ago, um, or probably more than 10 years ago now, actually, it was very much just a all about positivity and needing to just be positive all the time, focus on positivity yeah. <laughs> and... 
that's like you know, positivity. You know what I mean? To the point, yeah. like just be positive, just ignore those unhappy things. It's like that's not helpful. Yeah, and that's very much what the society is like. Where it's like it's just go, go, go. Just keep pushing. That's know? it. Just yeah, hustle, grind, and all of that sort of stuff. And it's like, oh, I completely like I cringe anytime I see the word hustle. <laughs> <laughs> I just yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, (laughs) really like that's when, you know, when you hit that point where you're like, oh, okay, my, the action I'm taking or whatever, like it's lost its flow. It's not working. You feel like you've hit a bit of a brick wall. You know, that is the time to sort of take a step back and do the sort of introspection and focus then back on. And by all means, that's not, you know, it's still taking one step forward because you are acknowledging where you're at. And you are working with where you're at and you're kind of going, okay, that's not working for me right now. So let me just take a bit of a step back. And, but what then can I still do? So instead then, okay, well, instead I'm going to use this time to do more journal writing or to meditate or to then, or go and do something creative um, that's going to get me inspired again. And sort of, so you're still you're still sort of taking those steps forward, but you're just taking them in, you know, it's that that flow of coming. And this is why for some reason, it's just the infinity symbol just connects it for me because it's just that flow of coming back, you know, around and around. <laughs> well, that makes perfect sense. I really, really, to me, that makes all kinds of sense, especially someone who's like a recovering type A, where it's just everything has to be perfect. Everything is like, you know, go, 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 um, no downtime, and that kind of stuff. So I actually really like this technique for someone who's trying to like self-read themselves and figure out what they want to do, how to express their highest expression of their blueprint, you know what I mean? Mm. Their purpose. And, you know, for me, that's what I tend to bring it back around to. And that idea of that sort of like that flow diagram to where it's like well what makes me happy where's this inspiration coming from how can I express it and yes me that see this is where I was like there's so much overlap into this like it makes perfect sense to me um do you so obviously this can be used in something that's more than just like a life purpose kind of a thing you can pretty much use it for anything Mm, yeah absolutely like just I pretty much just sort of think that it is it is just life in general (laughs) you know like it is like it is just um I guess for me I now just sort of think of this as just how I want to live my life Mm -hmm. I want to live my life in sort of that period of when I need to of just allowing myself to go um to go in and take that time that I need and to get clarity and meditate and then and then once um I come out of that, you know, then there's like, oh, cool, there's the inspired action and I know what to do and I'm going to do all these things. And and it's not even necessarily like a, it might not take like sometimes, like I find being a mum, I'm in and out of that numerous times a day, you know, I'm constantly <laughs> triggered and need to like go, okay, I'm just going to go and breathe for five minutes and, you know, but then you can, I can come, then I can come back and I can make lunch for everyone and then, I, you know, it's like that. Yeah. <laughs> But, you know, there is that action and that flow. And so it's not even necessarily like a big thing that to, that goes over months. It can be something that you just do. Like that's how I try to look more at my day of and rather than then just when I have um, like I've been um, triggered or whatever and I'm, you know, angry, then I can just take myself, you know, away or go and give myself a breather or do something that's just going to help lighten that energy a little bit um and then you know and then I can come back and I can get on with my day and I can do the things that I need and then you know um and then as I feel inspired doing that you know my mood lightens even more and so I'm happier again and then you know and then it may happen again if something um whatever sets me off or something happens you know to make me go you know down in sort of a negative emotion but it's then just uh, yeah, allowing myself to sort of go through that numerous times a day. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, that makes a lot of sense to me. One of the things that my guides spent a lot of time hammering into me is that your life purpose is is more than just a career. Like it applies to everything. You, like you 
just sitting on your couch are an expression of your soul's purpose in every moment, you know? So mm-hmm. that makes a lot of sense to me that you could, that this is applicable to just life, you know? Yeah. That's it. That's where I sort of feel like it's more, you know, it's not a, um, with manifestation type stuff, it has, uh, and this was how I viewed it anyway, um, was that it was always that destination point, you know, that destination point of where you want to be, but it's not, it's the journey, it's the every moment, it's the present moment, it's the now. (laughs) Yeah. That's, yeah, exactly. That's beautiful. The present moment and the now is, of course, where we can make all of our actions and our true actions and our true decisions because everything else is just habit, you know? And for me, um, it had just gotten to the point where any negative emotion I was feeling was just habit because I just accepted that story. And it was, it was just what I was running in the background all the time. And I, you know, I had to let that run out. But I think the important thing to remember is that positive emotions can also become habit. You know, like you can just let that be your baseline. And I, I really like um, that whole flow that you just were just talking about because I think that's a really great way for that to become habit. If we can make that habit to where we can just wait for inspired, an inspired thought and then take inspired action and then ebb and flow like that, to me, that's perfect. I'm going to start mm. using that. Mm. It is. It's the it's the allowance of yeah. it's the allowance of every experience and every emotion, you know, on a day to day basis, like in that moment, because all we have is the present moment. And so, you know, even sort of like that's not to say that we can't think about and envision what we might want, you know, for a different future or whatever. But it's still just, you know, we're here now in this moment and that is what counts, that, what, that's what matters. And it's like allowing everything to flow and allowing to, yourself to enjoy the days when you just sit on the couch and watch Netflix, you know. <laughs> yeah. It's like you can't take action in the future. You can't take action in the past. The only thing you can do is take action now. And the action I decided to take now was to sleep on my couch and that's what it that's was. That's it. You know, that's all. But we only have a few minutes left here. Did you want to tell people where they can find you and your amazing services? Um, yeah, so my website is not quite up yet, um, <laughs> but I, I am on Facebook on um, extraordinaryliving.biz. Uh, and so connected to that, then I also have um, a Facebook group, um, which... I think is extraordinary living um, aligned to your extraordinary life. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And then um, when I do have my website up and running, it will be www.extraordinaryliving.biz. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and you guys should really check her out. She's pretty amazing. Um, and thank you so much for joining us today and telling us how to live our extraordinary life. I found that to be really useful. I picked up yeah. a couple of things myself. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure.